Did you know that the first self-parking technology was proposed in as early as the 1930s? Welcome to the second episode of Age of Technology. Today we will be discussing cars. So Henry, what do you consider the start of a vehicle? I, I was thinking about that and I was wondering where to start. Would you consider the invention of the wheel? Well, of course not. But uh, there were a lot of inventions before the invention of the car. So where do you want to start? I propose engines. Yeah, I would agree on that. So the, but, uh, I would say the first vehicle would be the first like motorized vehicle. Yeah, I would say that as well. So that's nice because that is what I uh, what I prepared last uh, last night. So uh, th th do you know when the steam engine was invented? It will surprise you. I can say that. I would say mid 1800s. Well, you're not even remotely close. First century. Oh, what? Yeah, I know, right? Huh? It's a hero, hero's engine. It's called or an Aeolio pile. I don't know if the, I'm uh, saying that correctly because it's, well, from Egypt. And it's been a long time, you know. But in uh, 1606, the first patent was uh, was made for... Well, for the steam engine. So it, it took a while. But just mm. like uh, the last episode, a lot of what-ifs. What if that invention was was elaborated, was investigated? We could have been, I don't know, we could have been anywhere. Yeah, that's, so that's, in, yeah. Man, that's mind-boggling that it was that early. Yeah, it, it is. It is, just like last, last time. But uh, in 1672, the first automobile was invented, which of course used the steam engine. And it's not uh, it's not called a car. And that is just, well, a minor difference, but I will come to that later. It was invented by Ferdinand Verbiest, something like that. But it was a steam-powered vehicle as a toy, like, like really, really small, just made for a Chinese emperor and it could not drive uh, well, a person because, well, it was quite small. But uh, 100 years later, almost 100 years later, uh, the, the first vehicle which could drive a human was was made. And I found a, a beautiful YouTube link. So I'm going to I'm going to send you that and you should watch that even if you're uh, at home. Well, not if you're driving a car right now, but uh, well, it, it's 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 awesome, you know. Oh, so am I supposed to watch it now, or? Yeah, could you watch it right now? Because yes. uh, I think that's that, that's nice. You can uh, make a word picture if you want to. World's self first self-propelled vehicle. Indeed, by wow. Nicholas <laughs> Cagnat. Wow, it's 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 pretty like it's almost like yeah, you know, a steam chamber strapped on a cart with wheels. It is. Can you tell me about the size? I'm not sure. It's about bigger than a, a car, about SUV size. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, like SUV size. Yeah, it, it probably twice the width, uh, twice the length. It can only hold one person, and it has one enormous steam engine in front of it. Yeah, it's it's like basically basically an oven. Uh, yeah, that, it, that's it producing is. steam. Yeah. Yeah, its maximum speed was a stunning four kilometers per hour which is 2.5 miles per hour. It's uh, it's insane, you know? Uh, it, it weighed four metric tons, which is about <laughs> 8,000 uh, 8, pounds. Right. Yeah, um, the, the Commons made it uh, 
the comments said it's impractical, but well, it worked. So that was definitely the first automobile. And well, that got uh, improved over time. Yeah, so was uh, this it, more meant to be actually used as a vehicle or was it more to make a proof of concept? Uh, it was to make a proof of concept because they had horses, you know, and I didn't know what the speed is of a horse, but I can imagine it's about 30 kilometers per hour. Mm -hmm. So uh, it doesn't have any use for now. But it yeah. has potential, you know, mm -hmm. and th that was proven because uh, 39 years later, just after the 1800s, the first internal combustion engine fueled by hydrogen was made. And as you may know, hydrogen is flammable, explosive, uh, not highly practical, but well, it, it, it started a new, a new concept because internal combustion engines are still used today. Not with hydrogen, I'm glad it isn't, but uh, a fuel like a gasoline or a diesel or petrol or whatever you call it, you know? So what, what did they use to, to extract the hydrogen? Did they use electrolysis? Uh, I imagine, I, I think that uh, that was, uh, let, let me look that up real quickly. Cause it has to be, otherwise ah. you can't get hydrogen gas. Right, but that yeah, seems like... You can, but... You know, that seems like such a, a advanced technology, but so as soon as people figured out electricity, they also figured out electrolysis. Or electrolysis. Yeah, you do, but you also need a membrane to split the oxygen from right. the hydrogen atoms. So that's actually pretty advanced for like 1900 or 19th century. Uh, yeah, I would say. I did a, did a quick Google and uh, electrolysis was reported by Michael Faraday. You know him, of course, in 1832. And uh, we're talking about 18, 1808. So I guess it wasn't. Hmm. Because, uh, well, uh, well, Faraday made his paper like 24 years later. So, so it can't be. And also one, one thing I, w I wanted to comment on is that it, to me, it's actually pretty interesting. So that the, the first, first ever like, uh, well, vehicle was... was so very apparently very small and made more as a toy, and mm -hmm. after that. That's right. Uh, so when was when was the you know the first like train uh, locomotive or uh, steam locomotive invented? Because it seems like they first had to scale up to very big sizes then, but then have to scale back and make it efficient enough to actually make it a vehicle for a person sized. The first train was made in eighteen o four, so that's about thirty years after the first car. Uh, the difference is, of course, uh, a train is way more massive and you need a specific road system, it's called a rail, as you know, to enable that. And I think that that's the reason why they, well, they started with horses and uh, a motorized vehicle, a car, would be the next logical invention. Right. But for to me, the, the order seems kind of weird or something, but yeah. I do get your point, indeed. Um, so I was talking about a internal combustion engine and uh, Siegfried Marcus and Nicolas Otto made uh, small improvements on that. I, I found a few beautiful GIFs. If you have the time to watch them, you should watch them. It's about a two-stroke engine and a four-stroke engine. If you study mechanical engineering, you will know all about this, of course. And it's the way uh, air and the fuel, so hydrogen or gasoline, is entered into the system to make the combustion and uh, 
it's really interesting to watch so i would recommend that and those improvements uh were going quite slow compared to the batteries because in 1808 the first internal combustion engine was was invented and it took 80 years before uh rudolf diesel from diesel the fuel invented the four-stroke diesel engine to make uh, to make these inventions happen to to the point where we are right now yeah well to me to me it makes sense i i guess to, that it takes more time because there are so many parts that have to work together to in order to you know get it working whereas the battery is basically just we have to make sure that it works and delivers power but the, but that's it yeah that's right and uh, that was uh, also the reason why the two-stroke engine was invented before the four-stroke engine. The two-stroke engine has a lot of less uh, moving parts. It's quite easy, actually. And when you go to a four-stroke engine, well, it, it's hard to explain because you need to see the GIF. But uh, the four-stroke engine is way more complicated. And uh, Well, that took some years. Hmm. So... After Rudolf Diesel, in the 1800s, uh, a lot of small improvements were made considering uh, automobile safety, like the handbrake or uh, horns or klaxon, if you know. It's, it's quite fun that in 1865, the United Kingdom made a locomotive act, which is just a law for these cars, these early cars. Uh, because of their safety people just weren't used to them and they had to be safe of course mm -hmm. and yeah. uh, it's uh people pe even when with the invention of uh of the, the steam locomotive people were afraid that you would blow your brains out because of the speed <laughs> so a lot of legends were going i've heard around. of that I, d I do not know <laughs> yeah i do not know if that's actually true because at the time uh they were only moving I don't know five kilometers per hour. It's it's not that mind-boggling, but uh, yeah, but yeah, but it's uh, so the steam locomotive went a lot quicker than 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 the vehicles. But I can imagine yeah, where they're yes. coming from. That there was a lot of you know fear for these machines. Yeah, and, and now of course we know that's nonsense. It's well right. Yeah, but that's that's so that's pretty funny that the government is stepping in and saying, okay, we need to regulate this in before it's going to get out of hand. Yeah, and that is in a time where ten kilometers per hour would be would be massive with yeah. a car, of course. Well, automobile. Because a few years later, in eighteen eighty five, uh, Carl Benz from Mercedes Benz produced the first actual car. Well, it's hard to draw the line between a a car and a automobile, but what they say is a car is a production vehicle. One. That is uh, has one concept and is made several thousand times in a factory, for instance. Okay, that's and, a that's um, a clear line to me, I guess. But yeah, yeah, I, I think it is, but I do not know if it's fair. Uh, they often say uh, the Benz was the first car, but like you already said, Nicholas Cagnot in seventeen sixty nine also made a car, which I sent you the video of. But is it really a car? I right. don't know. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So it, it only really attributes to who are you going to say made the first car. But other than that, it yeah, of it's course where doesn't. you draw the line. Right. Yeah. yeah. So this, uh, this first car by Carl Benz, it has uh, a power in horsepower of 0.75. That's, it's like, it's like nothing, you know? Nope. A, a, a horse is more powerful than that. 
Was by the way, was the horsepower defined before or after that invention? Do you oh, know? I imagine it's after. Okay. Okay. Well, maybe they already compared it to to horses to say, "Hi, you know, these vehicles they they are not even as powerful as horses." Uh, I don't know if they were even able to calculate that. Well, I mean, Nicholas Newton or Nicholas, uh, you know, Newton already Isaac? invented ca- Isaac Newton already invented calculus, right? So they, they weren't dumb. Oh, that's right. That's right. Anyway, that first production car, uh, the Coral Benz car. Uh, had an, uh, a maximum speed of 16 kilometers per hour, 10 miles per hour, and uh, that improved quite quite fast. 12 years later, in 1897, a, another car was invented, already moving at 45 kilometers per hour, and now you know why the United Kingdom Locomotive Act was actually necessary, because 45 kilometers per hour is faster than a typical horse can run. So... Well, things were getting getting nice, getting getting started. Yeah, yeah, that's that's actually pretty pretty impressive how how quick that went. It, it did, it did. It only took uh, twelve years, like I said, to go to a speed which was never reached before. I might say I, I'm not sure that's factual correct, but I, I guess it, so, it is I... quite yeah yeah. And also around that time, the first large. Uh, producers came around in 1903 uh, the model a by ford you know that one of mm-hmm. course yes. was, was produced and it, it made tens of thousands of cars uh, really beginning the the era of cars and, th- and then you go to the vintage cars uh, you know them from the old pictures there will be a picture in the show notes i guess just uh, open roofs open cars they're they're called and the, those changed to closed cars with a roof. Uh, all those minor improvements like a rear view mirror, well, which is quite useful. Automatic transition, glass improvements, when, airbags in the 1970s. When was the first uh, automatic transmission system invented? I, I was hoping you would ask that. When do you, uh, what do you guess? Um... It sounds like something really recent. Yeah, but, uh, but uh, well, I guess I would say 50s, but... Uh, well, it, it became available in the 1940s. Okay. But huh. it was invented in 1924. Who would know? But, oh, really? Wow, that's, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, uh, you know what's the uh, most stunning part about this? No. Now, at, at home, we still drive a car with a manual yeah. transition. Yeah, manual transition. After all, even after all these years, uh, it's pretty common here in Europe to drive manual trans, uh, transmission cars. It's been 94 years. Yeah. And we still drive manual cars. But I guess it also, it, it's a part of, um, or it's also about the pleasure of driving, I guess. it's um, You can be either really lazy and really want automatic transmission, or you just really enjoy driving around and have manual transmission. Talking about uh, driving lazy, I think you uh, you have something to say about that, do you? <laughs> yes, indeed. So um, as I was preparing uh, preparing the, the episode, I was wondering, okay, what can I really tell about cars? Because moving forward, there are uh, boatloads of technologies being developed. And as I was, you know, trying to discover these, uh, all, all these kind of things, that pushed car technology forwards, I also realized how many of these systems were already 
proposed or invented earlier on. So usually I do future of technologies, but I'll, I'll start with introducing the subject of uh, auto autonomous driving uh, with a technology that is actually proposed really early on. So in the beginning of the show, I mentioned this, um, this mechanical system. It was proposed in 1934. And the idea was to use four jacks with wheels and basically lift up the car and then um, like park it into uh, sideways, park it into the right spot. So that was the first proposed system for automatic parking. They do have uh, such systems somewhere in Japan, I believe. Really? Uh, yeah, they do. But instead of going upwards, it's a massive underground storage room. You just park your car, uh, you step out of it, and uh, the system will take care of that. Right. But, but so that's, of course, not in 1934. That's, I yeah. don't know, about 10 years ago, I guess. And that's, of course, also an ex external system. This was more meant to be like uh, imb embedded in, within the car. Oh, yeah, so the, like, what's the advantage of that? So you can uh, use multi-storage parking. I, I'm not sure what the idea was of the invention, but it, I, I guess it was just laziness. Maybe you know, you can lift up your car, you can push it in the right direction, and you don't have to put it in. You know, you don't have to drive it in the same spot. You know, I can imagine that that especially the older cars were quite difficult to drive, and maybe therefore also quite difficult to park. So maybe that's why they wanted to have more of a convenient factor. Uh, in the design. Uh, I can imagine that, but I can also imagine that the first cars were like really, really heavy. Yeah. Like the first car I already mentioned, 4,000 kilograms, 8,000 pounds. Yeah, okay, but uh, that, was like that, pre, you know? that was like pre-1900s. And this, of course, is already after, 90, after the Model A. So I, I think that uh, weight significantly redu got reduced. Uh, still a thousand kilograms wouldn't surprise me, but yeah, well, but, continue. Yeah, and um, this this idea was extended upon by Volkswagen uh, because in 1992 they also proposed an automatic parking system that used uh, four-wheel steering. So what what basically they used the same idea where they uh, move the, the wheels perpendicular to the direction the car wants to park in and then drive it into uh, into the parking spot. However, that's this also, was, why isn't that a thing? That's well, that's so convenient. One one thing, of course, is that, for example, that um, twisting your wheels uh, on the ground leaves rubber marks on the road and also heavily degrades your wheels. So that's not ideal. Okay, that's true. And well, after that, so keep uh, or uh, I just keep going on the automatic parking because I feel like that's the one of the first things that that like led us into autonomous driving is is automatic parking technologies mm -hmm. um, so th this got developed over the years and and the first systems uh, used uh, like proximity sensors uh, rear view cameras radars uh, to get informa to get information to the car about obstacles around yeah that's the thing and, we um, already have right yeah but like the first if you have a new car they will have a, a display. Uh, mm -hmm. which tells you what's behind you, uh, how many meters you've left. Yeah, but that was um, like the first iteration of, of this idea was more to give like a, a bleep when, when something was near so that you can more easily park. So that you have like a, a visual or audio, uh, auditive uh, signal. 
and that that can help that's you that's already awesome yeah yeah and and from there on indeed what you said it's uh right now what's more common is is what's called an omniview system where uh four wide field cameras are used um one on every side of the the vehicle and with that there um you can like uh synthesize a a like bird view image of 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 your uh, of your car Okay, and what is the use of that? Is it to assist the driver, or is it already going to autonomous vehicles? Uh, well, and that is, initially it is to assist the driver because on your dashboard you can, for example, see what's behind the car, and then also have a bird view to see what's around you. But of course, this this is being extended and already yeah is is implemented, but with fully automatic parking, namely you you just you let the car do its thing, and uh, it will it will park it in the right spot. I've seen those ads on television, and I gotta say, it it looks really awesome. Yeah, it's 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 super lazy, and I wonder at what point car instructors will stop teaching people when to manually park, and when they'll say, you know, it's so commonplace now, uh, you don't have to learn how to park anymore for your driver's license. I want to place a bet on that. I'll say twenty years, and you say up or under. I say up. Because, you know, also in these days, even though automatic transmission is com- a very commonplace, even or in the Netherlands, you still learn how to manually drive. You do, you do. So even though it has been around for like, what, 94 years is what you said, at least. Uh, uh, something like that. From when it was uh, proposed, we still drive manually and learn how to drive manually. So I don't yeah, think it 1924, would... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so maybe we will, but uh, when autonomous cars are taking over the road, you don't even need to learn to drive anymore. It's just like a taxi, but mm-hmm. well, without the driver. Yeah, actually, I, I think this is... Uh, so, the, so the next step is then like autonomous uh, driving. And just as a like, you know, interesting fact, I would say there is, there is a classification system. Um, where a level system you mean a leveling system for autonomous driving so zero means no automation and the car can only really like give warnings or interven- do intervention for say uh, for example for for braking right when something is in proximity and the car can brake but that's really the only thing it, that can, it can do so that's like okay, level zero interesting and then it goes all the way up. Okay, and what's level one? Uh, level one is um, so assistance with steering or acceleration. For example, uh, wait, is that is that level one? I think like uh, automatic cruise control or adaptive cruise control is uh, something like that. Is level one? I think. How about I, uh, power steering? Is that also something that is uh, level one? I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that is. Oh wait, here it is. Yeah, so I wouldn't say that is level one power steering. No, I, I think that's not. That doesn't have anything to do with autonomous driving. Whereas braking, when something is in proximity, that is actually the car deciding. Okay, I need to brake and do something. Okay, so everything that's about uh, the car making a decision on its own that will go to level one or higher, and everything that is just to assist uh, the driver, like mirrors, power steering, like I mentioned, is just still level uh, one. Well, no, let, let me, okay, let me try to explain it again. It's um, whenever the car is, has to do something on its own, but is only 
capable of doing one specific thing, then it's level zero. Okay. And level one would be the car can do, for example, adaptive cruise control, where it uh, takes inputs from the surroundings and can only uh, control acceleration. But if... Okay. And this is called like hands-on. So the, the, the driver still has to have its hands on the steers, uh, be in the driver's seat and, you know, still be able to intervene. Okay, I get that. That's the stage in which we are right now or we have surpassed that yeah. by, by small mm-hmm. amounts. And then it goes from level two and three, four, and level five is um, at the level where you, for example, step into a taxi and the, the, the car handles everything on its own. So that is called steering wheel optional because there doesn't even have to be a steering wheel. Okay, so level five is full autonomy. Full autonomous. Level zero is, uh, yeah, of course. Level five is full autonomous vehicles. Uh, level one is just a bit, and it's just like a linear. Yeah. Yeah. So indeed, like level level two is called <laughs> hands off. So where technically the driver would not have to touch the steering wheel. Uh, level three is called eyes off. So you can basically still read a book, but you have to be in the driver's seat to intervene. And then um, level four is mind off, where you could basically, well, and th- just in case of an emergency, uh, you get a a message, and then you had to intervene. That's level four. Yes, yeah, so level four is um, as it is the same as level three, but no driver attention is ever required for safety. Whereas for level three, you are still required to sit in the seat and intervene when when something is happening okay so what is the state of uh the newest tesla for example is that already level five although they are not permitted on the road yet but is the experimental uh progress already level five i wouldn't say so because i i still even with the newest tesla you can still like control the car right so have like a steering wheel uh throttle or throttle and such right Okay, but it, it isn't necessary. Yeah, so I that think. will be level four. But it does have a steering wheel. Yes. Indeed. Okay, interesting. So uh, quite close to to the maximum. That's already and nice. I, I found that pretty interesting that there are people actually thinking about this. You know, that's and it, and it's very much needed, right? Because as car technology is progressing, we also start to think about like legislation, political will to implement these kind of systems because there it, it's kind of scary to have cars driving on their own in 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 a way it is however it's also much more safe of course so there you know it's almost like that is competing with each other yes of course are you familiar with the trolley problem uh yes indeed and i i saw the video from Vsauce. i'm not sure if that's what you're referring to yeah that's what i'm referring to yes and that is exactly what how how michael is is uh, starting to state the problem is but what if a car really has to make difficult decisions? How are we gonna make sure that a car makes the right decision? Um, yeah, do you have to value the driver or the the person in the car above anyone that's outside of the car, or is it vice versa? Well, that, it's it's all difficult. And how do you implement that in a in a system which is just made by computer engineers? Yeah, and that is, um, well, that is something that 
very smart people will have to think about. Luckily, not us, because uh, that will take quite some years to, to, to debate on. And probably that will also depend on what country you are, you know, or even in America, what state you are in, to what extent self-driving cars could actually self-drive. I really hope that is something uh, which will uh, unite all the countries, you know, that the legislations will be the same anywhere you go. That would make uh, the manufacturers uh, way more, uh, it would make it way more easy to, to get this technology started, yeah. don't yeah, you think? Yeah, ideally, of course, but I'm, to be honest, kind of skeptical because this world doesn't want standards. For example, we have had, the, you know, we have the yeah. auxiliary standard, the AUX uh, jack standard, but Apple is saying, screw you, we're going to throw that away. And um, also... How about no <laughs> headphone jack? <laughs> so uh, I'm not too certain if, if, if we're going to have like one geopolitical standard for that. I don't think so. Yeah, probably not. Probably not. And then a s sort of an extension to the, the autonomous driving would be vehicle to vehicle communication where cars could communicate with each other and that way prevents more uh, collisions, for example, uh, because they can tell each other like when they are in each other's proximity or what their, what their path is, their uh, predicted path. And that way they could, you know, try to uh, prevent collisions from happening. Yeah, so on highways you can uh, drive like uh, one centimeter behind your behind the person in front of you, but also on intersections you can dr just drive straight ahead, and you just know you won't hit anybody because everything is pre-calculated. Yeah, indeed, and um, the, the 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 situation you were saying that that you can r uh, drive really closely. Uh, to the car next to you or in front of you is actually called platooning where you can have a large uh, group of cars moving in one speed one direction and that way of course uh, also save some money yeah especially aerodynamic drag will be reduced yeah. and that's quite interesting uh, my uncle is in the transportation business he is a truck driver and his boss already told him that in the next five years uh, this technology will be uh, implemented in uh, driving long-haul trucks, mm -hmm. just uh, 10 trucks, uh, one meter behind the, the truck in front of it. And that would reduce costs uh, tremendously, of course. Yeah, I, I, I even read that. Uh, I think it was on Reddit where there was an article where the, the first uh, truck already drove autonomously in the, or cross-country. So it went from, from West Coast to East Coast autonomous, autonomously. So indeed, these, these uh, technologies are progressing pretty quickly. Especially in the States or in Australia, where just uh, long strafe roads without any traffic, without any cities. Uh, this, this is quite easy to implement, I guess. Yeah. Well, the only problem, of course, still is that... that uh, if you want to have vehicle-to-vehicle -vehicle communication, you'll need two vehicles that can actually communicate. So it will probably take years and years, maybe even decades, before this actually will you know, be implemented. Of course, and if you want the perfect intersection, all vehicles need to be added right. to the system. Yeah, so that's that's. Uh, I, I think it's a really nice in-between step where we, right now, the the current developments are 
we're going to make sure that we have autonomous vehicles so that we can after that progress to vehicle to vehicle communication that's indeed nice um so we already talked for longer than i thought about uh, autonomous vehicles and i only feel like yeah, that's because autonomous vehicles are yeah. really really interesting yeah and 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 we only barely scratch the surface so uh we uh, one we thing definitely... about uh one thing about autonomous vehicles which you are not allowed to forget did you know that there is one autonomous vehicle in our city uh no i didn't Oh, well, it's uh, between uh, the station and, well, somewhere on campus. It just... Is it like... Uh, what? Is it like a taxi? Uh, yeah, it is. It only goes oh. 10 kilometers per hour, maybe even slower. It only drives when uh, it's evening, when it's not busy. But it works. I've seen it. Okay. It's awesome. Cool. Yeah, oh, I didn't know this. Huh? Cool. Yeah, it's like a cube. It's it's the most ugly vehicle you will ever see in your life, <laughs> but it's yeah, that's it's also, really awesome. Huh. that's of course also the issue with or well the issue, but the, the like the Google self-driving car also is like super ugly, but they'll catch up, I think, with design as soon as the technology is there. Yeah, look at Tesla. They already uh, made the design quite nice. They try to hide all the cameras. Yeah. So. Um, I wanted to talk about, you know, also new fueling or methods for uh, fuel, but I think I'm going to skip that because I didn't really look well into it. And it's also like a a, a, a topic of its own, I feel. Mm-hmm. That, uh, that um, might be correct. Also related to the battery stuff last time. Yeah, kind of. Um, so, well, then the last little bits I had were some miscellaneous kind of technologies I thought were pretty cool. So um, tell me about one way, it. Of course. Yeah. So uh, one way to uh, enhance the drive experience is the augmented reality dashboard. For example, uh, can I ask one question first? Augmented sure. reality, like in uh, the Pokemon Go uh, game on your mobile phone, where you just uh, see what's uh, behind you and then a picture is implemented in that like hmm, how to describe that is it like pokemon go <laughs> um yes and no i guess because there uh for example bmw has already implemented a windshield display where uh, information is being displayed on the windshield Oh, like, so like that. how quick you're going and uh, where you're heading, for example. And think about it. You could just, you know, uh, show the, the where you have to take a turn uh, on your windshield. So you don't uh, have to look down on your, uh, what's it called? The dashboard? Tom-Tom? Tom-Tom, yeah. <laughs> navigation system, so, Google Maps. Right, uh, thanks, yeah. So yeah. you don't have to look down on your navigation system, but you can actually see it on the screen. That's, and of course, can, a major implementation. Uh, could it also uh, indicate whether there is a car in your blind spot or something like that? Yeah, absolutely. It could give you like a, a little warning sign or, for example, even draw a box around a, a nearing object that might be on collision course. You know, all st- kind of stuff like that might be implemented. So it's, it's pretty cool, but it still needs some research. I think this one was the most interesting for me to read because this this idea sounds like a very silly idea that they tried to came up with in the, like the 30s or 40s. But this this has been something that is still b- 
being developed, even though it's not, you know, commercially available yet. It's airbags to help stop cars. And okay, <laughs> so about instead it, right? of a airbag in a steering wheel, you would attach it to the front of your car to uh, lengthen the uh, collision zone. No, not not like that because we already have like um, you know the, the the front of the car is already designed to to make sure that it can um, c- compress to to shorten your stopping distance. It is or to to le- to lengthen it. it. Um, but no, the way this works is that the, the, these bags would have make sure that there is uh, a friction coating that would help them to slow down the car. So it would inflate below the car. And it would make sure that that if if a collision is inevitable, that it would at least stop the car quicker. Oh, like extra brakes. Yeah, something because brakes, of course, especially if you have, we already have ABS, um, but there is only so much that you can do if if you have to brake very abruptly. So this would be something that would help to more quickly stop the car if if really needed. Would it be like a big red button on your dashboard to to activate it, or would it be uh, something like level one uh, systems? Where it, uh... I, I think it would be more like that, yes, because of course, if if a collision is inevitable, it probably means that you were either not paying attention or that your reaction speed was not quick enough. So that's that's definitely something that the car has to decide on its own. Hmm, okay, interesting, but. Um... I would imagine that's hard to implement in a new car, especially with the autonomous vehicles coming up, that uh, that it might be not necessary anymore. But uh, we'll see about that. Fair enough, indeed. That's a, that's a good point. Uh, so might might be redundant. Yeah, it might. But it's always good to think about uh, uh, safety of of cars. So um, one one last thing that that. Um came or came across reddit as well i think and that was i thought pretty interesting is a new car uh, developed in japan it's called hiro hiriko and it's that a car that's like almost, uh, like dutch not like japanese but well continue hiriko i'm not sure what the pronunciation is or the yeah uh, but it's a car that can fold itself so it can make itself like fold up make itself smaller and then you can uh, park in a smaller spot which is, of course, really useful in Japan. Uh, that's indeed because awesome. It's it's really useful in large cities. Yeah. Still, the car looks kind of weird. It, it almost looks a little bit like a transformer, and I, I guess it's also not super efficient. But it's a uh, I, I I can put a link in the show notes to a video where where it's being showed, and it looked looked pretty cool. Okay, I was googling one thing real quick because I seem to remember one episode of Donald Duck where. Uh, the genius, what's this called? Willy... Uh, yeah, Willy Wortel in Dutch. No, Willy but... Wortel in Dutch, but uh, you know <laughs> who I'm talking about, I guess. Did also invent this this thing, but I, I, I just can't find it on Google. Maybe maybe oh, really? people know. Huh. Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting how sometimes science fiction or comics came come up with these ideas and only after the fact, people start to think, hey, maybe this actually could be very useful. I just let the imagination flow and... Uh, maybe you will invent something really, really useful. Yes. So maybe we'll uh, talk about one of these inventions in another episode. Maybe we will. So where can people find us? Uh, people can find us in all sorts of places. and uh, But I, most I, importantly... 
uh, YouTube, I guess. Our website, uh, of course. Yes, of course. <laughs> Our website, yes. Yeah, the outro of the last episode was uh, we do have a website, I guess. And uh, well, right now we do actually have a website. Yes, it's uh, hoftechpodcast.com. It's that's right. That's right. That's it. Hoftechpodcast.com. But that, of course, will be in the show notes. And like Henry said, yes. we, uh, stuff will also be in on YouTube and various other places like iTunes and well, the place you will be listening right now. So that's for that's it for us. Thank you all for listening, and uh, hopefully, see you in the next episode. Bye bye. <laughs>